Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast from March 14th, 2018. Really tiny four-game slate for Wednesday. Uh, there are some value options already because the Warriors are without Draymond Green already. Steph Curry was already out, so looks like there should be some value despite only four games. But the first game on the slate here is the Milwaukee Bucks at the Orlando Magic. From the Bucks side of the game, really positive matchup. The the Magic are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They go a lot of fantasy points pretty much everywhere. Uh, one player who I think strong fade from the Bucks side of the game, Brandon Jennings is at 4,400. He was really good for his first game with the Bucks. He signed a 10-day contract and right away got thrown into the mix because Eric Bledsoe got an early foul trouble. So Brandon Jennings ended up playing 24 minutes. Eric Bledsoe also played 24 minutes. They played zero minutes next to each other. Jennings' minutes basically all came because of Eric Bledsoe's foul trouble. So if you're asking me how many minutes is Jennings going to play tomorrow, I would say however many minutes Bledsoe doesn't play. So if we normally expect Eric Bledsoe to play 34 minutes, that means 14 minutes are available for Brandon Jennings. He's 4,400. He struggled his last couple of years while he was in the league. I don't think he's already all of a sudden reinvented himself at 28 years old because he played 13 games in China. So 4,400 for Brandon Jennings. I am off of him. But I think that Giannis, Bledsoe, and Middleton are all fine to roster. From the Orlando side of the game, we have Aaron Gordon questionable to play with the concussion that's caused him to miss the last few games. If he's out, then I think that Vucevic is a good play at 8,000. The Bucks one defense, one weakness on defense is against the center position. They defend every position well, except for centers. They're slightly below average, allowing drafting points to the position. So Vucevic, I think, a good play if Gordon is out. Yeah, Vucevic makes a lot of sense, and I think there are there are other Orlando guys, even in a tough matchup against the Bucks, that do make sense to use. Um, Pizonia, I don't think is that expensive for this slate. So he was priced up a bit initially, but he's only at fifty two hundred now. Um, he didn't play a lot against the Spurs, but I, I'm guessing that had a lot to do with garbage time. Uh, the Spurs beat the Magic by a lot, so Hazonia just didn't get the garbage time run, I guess, because he's technically a starter now. Jonathan Isaac's 3,700. Jonathan Simmons is 5,900. With Evan Fournier out, also, I think those guys are all worth playing. And Fournier has been ruled out. Yeah, he's already not playing. I think he's he's out for this season, right? Uh, I expect him to be out for the season. They haven't ruled him. Season, but I don't think he's playing again this year. Well, he's certainly not playing in this game against Milwaukee. So if Gordon's out, there's a lot of value on the Magic, and that would make this game really stackable. Arguably the best stack spot on the slate because we'd have a lot of value on the Orlando side, and then we'd have the value on the Milwaukee side just because it's a really strong matchup for everybody. I still think Jabari Parker is worth rostering. He's at 4,600. His minutes have to go up at some point, I think. Um, but Giannis is too cheap for sure, so he's the strongest play from the Bucks. And then I obviously agree with you on Brandon Jennings. I mean, even if he were min-price, I don't think he's worth rostering because he's still probably only playing 12 or 14 minutes unless it's a blowout. And if it's a blowout, maybe he gets 20 minutes. So there's just not a lot of upside for him. You're you're kind of playing for the exact set of circumstances that broke right last game. And it's just not really a good bet to play for that again, especially if Jennings is going to be a fairly popular pick because... A lot of people know who he is, and he was really good his last game. All right, the next game here, the Washington the Washington Wizards at the Boston Celtics. This should be a pretty low-scoring game. I think it'll have the second-lowest over-under on the slate. We don't have a spread for this game yet because of the injuries to the Celtics side. From the Wizards, 
it's a tough matchup for Bradley Beal. He's still expensive. I generally don't like to roster him on the road, so I'm off him at 8,500. I do like Otto Porter at 6,500. It is just kind of cheap for him. I did like him a good amount Tuesday night, and he put up a pretty shitty game, but I think that he should fare better tomorrow. Uh, 6,500 for him. He's generally pretty consistent. He just had a crap game on Tuesday night, which happens from time to time. From the Celtics side of the game, I think the big man value for Boston could be pretty interesting here because Al Horford is questionable with an illness. He missed Monday's game. He sat out practice on Tuesday. And then in addition, also, Daniel Tice was ruled out for the season with a torn meniscus in his knee. So if Horford is out, and obviously we already know Tice is out, then that means that uh, Aaron Baines at 3,800 is in play. I think Greg Monroe at 4,600 is also in play. Terry Rozier is going to be starting at point guard. Marcus Smart looks like he could be out for the season. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been ruled out. I think it's for the next two or three games or something like that. So people might look to roster Rozier, but he's been priced way up. He's only up to 7,100 already, so I don't really think that makes him a particularly strong play. Uh, Jason Tatum, I think, is worth rostering at 5,700. There is a lot of extra usage going to him with Kyrie out, with Jalen Brown out, and potentially Al Horford out. I like Tatum at 5,700. Yeah, Tatum definitely makes sense with so many guys missing. And then the front court value, I guess we'll have to wait on the Al Horford injury. Although I think some guys could be worth rostering anyway, like Baines and Marcus Morris. But definitely a big boost if Horford's out. Um, and then Otto Porter, I think, really is the only guy that makes sense to roster from Washington. I'm not that high on him, though. Um, Kyrie Irving being out really impacts the pace a lot for Celtics games. This is something we've talked about a lot. And then it's the second half of a road back-to-back. It's a tough matchup against the Celtics. So, I don't know. I think Porter's a decent play, but everyone else, they're affected pretty negatively by the matchup to begin with. It's a slower game without Kyrie Irving, and it's the second half of a back-to-back on the road. So, no interest in Bradley Beal. There's better guys to use in his price range, and I guess for more expensive costs, too. So, I think I'd have a little bit of Porter exposure, but not really anyone else. All right, the next game here is the Miami Heat at the Sacramento Kings. This game should have a very low over-under. Both these teams play pretty slow. The Heat are also a very good defensive team. From the Heat side of the game, I believe Hassan Whiteside has... Okay, so Whiteside and Wade are both listed as doubtful for tomorrow, so don't expect them to play. With both of them out, uh, Justice Winslow, way too expensive. He keeps having these not good games, and then the Heat games are just kind of out of reach, so he ends up playing the entire fourth quarter to a bunch of garbage time numbers. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, I think Bam Adebayo at 4,300 is fine to roster in a plus matchup against the Kings with Whiteside out. Uh, Kelly Olenek at 5,800, I think that he is okay to use. I wouldn't use him for a bigger slate, but with four games and limited options, I think he's okay. And then Tyler Johnson at 5,000. I think is a pretty good play. With Wade out last game, Johnson played 35 minutes. So I don't know if we'll get back to 35 minutes, but probably 30-plus is a reasonable expe- expectation for him. And for the season, he's averaging 23 fantasy points in under 30 minutes per game. And then we also factor in plus matchup for him against the Kings. I think that there's some pricing value on Johnson. Uh, from the Kings side of the game, uh, ah, this is always tough because it's four game slate, so it's kind of hard to say you can't play the Kings, but at the same time, too, we don't know what they're going to be doing with the veteran guys. Uh, I'll say that Willie Cauley Stein, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, they should all play minutes. Same with Bogdan Bogdanovich. 
but I don't think that there's a ton of pricing value on any of them. It'd be more a situation if you have your utility spot on DraftKings and you have 5,900 left over, I think Willie Cauley sign is an acceptable play, but wouldn't be a primary target. Yeah, it's also, it's a really tough matchup, but Cauley-Stein does get a boost without Whiteside playing. Um, this is something we talked about for the last slate, where the Heat are actually worse defensively and better on offense when Whiteside is out. So it is a boost to everyone. Like, the the normal matchup that we talk about, or the matchup numbers for Miami when the team is playing against them, they kind of go out the window without Whiteside because the Heat are playing smaller lineups, they're playing faster, and they're playing better offensively. So it does boost everyone in the game. I think I definitely agree with Tyler Johnson being a good play. Bam is still a little too cheap. I think Wayne Ellington makes sense. Olenek, probably a good play too, although there's a lot of risk with Kelly Olenek. He seems to have a lot of variance in his game. And I think Dragic might be a little too expensive. From the Kings, it probably is Cauley Stein. Um, I guess it's a better matchup for De'Aaron Fox if it's a faster pace game. But it's... He's not getting the individual matchup boost that Cauley Stein is getting without having to face Whiteside. Um, he, uh, Darren Fox is still going against the Miami guards that are good defensively, like Drogic and Tyler Johnson. So I think I'm with you that Cauley Stein is really the only one that makes sense to roster. And maybe Scal, if he's back for this game, he is questionable. So if he ends up playing, I think Scal could be worth considering. But the, yeah, we're, we're talking about kind of fringe plays here anyway. All right, the final game on the slate, and this is the one that I think is going to be the best one to target overall. That is the Los Angeles Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. The minutes for the Lakers are very concentrated right now with Brandon Ingram out. So actually, one thing that is a little weird is let me look at the Lakers minutes. Um, That's still 26 minutes for Brook Lopez, so not super low. I felt like he played really low minutes tonight, but uh, Lopez... His price has gone up a little bit, but I think that he's in play. Uh, KCP's in play. Lonzo Ball's in play. Uh, still off of Julius Randle at that price. I think Kuzma has the most pricing value of anybody on the Lakers at 6600 uh, This matchup against the Warriors is probably not going to be as tough as the numbers make it out to be because not only is Steph Curry out, but Draymond Green's out. He's probably the best individual defender on the Warriors. In addition to that, Klay Thompson who's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. He's questionable to play, so he could miss tomorrow's game with a thumb injury. With the way that the Warriors are just kind of looking forward to the playoffs, if Klay Thompson is 100%, I'm going to assume that they sit him for this game, which would mean Kevin Durant, all of the usage. Kevin Durant is going to have to take a million shots tomorrow. This is going to be one of the more absurd usage games of the season, I would guess. Uh, Omri Caspi is probably a good value play. Andre Guadalla could start. He would end up being a good value play. Um, whoever else ends up starting. Maybe Nick Young starts for Clay Thompson. He could be a good value play. This would kind of be a situation where we have to see who ends up starting. Is Clay Thompson in or out? Uh, but either way, Kevin Durant is almost certainly the guy to pay up for on the slate, and Omri Caspi is a good value play. So I agree with everything you said on the Warriors side. I'll just throw one more name in there. Um, do you think Sean Livingston could be counted on to play extra minutes? Because he hasn't played a ton lately, even with guys out, with Curry out most notably. But... I think with so many players missing, and if Thompson doesn't play either, maybe Livingston plays 30 minutes or so in a close game. And he's only at 3,400, so I think he would make sense to use with Caspi and Durant, too. Yeah. uh, Actually, let me see. How many minutes did Quinn Cook play last game? I think that Livingston and Cook are basically splitting the game 50-50 right now. But the Warriors would probably have to use them together a little bit if they're also without Clay Thompson. 
Yeah, I'm trying to look up Quinn Cook's minutes from last game. I think that there's a chance that Cook played more than Livingston last game, though, and they also shared the court for a little bit. Yeah, Cook definitely has been playing a little bit more than Livingston. I don't know if they've actually shared the court, though. Well, this won't load on my computer. But either way, I think that I think you can make a case for rostering Quinn Cook or Sean Livingston, especially if Clay Thompson's out, because there just has to be somebody that plays minutes for the for the Warriors. And uh, this is something that I'm not really sure about, but the Lakers have been playing their starters a ton of minutes lately, and they actually have been winning enough where they're sort of in playoff contention now. I think there's something like six games back with about 14 or 15 to go. Do you think that they've reached the point where they're just going to ride their starters because they actually sort of have something to play for? I mean, we've talked about how they're not tanking because they don't have their own draft pick. But do you think it's sort of reached like a kind of desperation mode where we don't have to worry about the Lakers lowering the minutes for anybody because they have kind of something to play for now? Yeah, well, I don't even think it's that they have something to play for. It's that they don't have anything to lose for. So it just makes sense for... Well, before before you go on with that, I just think... Anyway, like Lonzo Ball, Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma. So they could play their best players and kind of be developing them at the same time also. Well, wouldn't a team that has nothing to play for and nothing to lose be more cautious with their young players, like not play Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle 35 minutes each and Kyle Kuzma 35 minutes because they're worried about them getting overworked and injured? Because it doesn't seem like the Lakers are concerned about that. No, I think they're just trying to get them experience right now. And they they really don't have a lot of people on their bench right now. Well, whatever the reason is, the Lakers are playing their starters a ton of minutes in every game recently. So I think a lot of them are in play. Kuzma does make a lot of sense. Um, And then for Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, if you're looking at DVP numbers, Klay Thompson is actually a really good defender. I think he's one of the more underrated wing defenders in the league. And if he's out and Nick Young is playing shooting guard... Uh, Caldwell Pope gets a pretty big individual matchup boost. So I would like Caldwell Pope a little bit more if Thompson doesn't play. And I think, I mean, he's a strong play anyway, as are a lot of the Lakers. But I think that Thompson being out also, with Green already being out, kind of offsets the negative effect of Curry being out. Because not having Curry does actually lower the scoring output for both teams by quite a bit with the pace that he plays at. Obviously, it lowers the Warriors' scoring output when Curry doesn't play but it lowers the other team's scoring output too when he doesn't play. So that some of that could be offset without the defense, most mostly from Draymond Green, but also Thompson's defense, if he's being replaced by Nick Young minutes, then maybe that's enough of a boost where the Lakers actually still do have a plus matchup. Um, so I don't know. If, if this game doesn't have Klay Thompson and the Magic game doesn't have Aaron Gordon, both games are really good stack spots. Which one do you think would be the better game to target stacks from? Warriors Lakers because even if um, even if Aaron Gordon's out, the only player that I really like a lot would be Vucevic. Uh, I mean, I I know you mentioned Azonia, and I think that maybe he's kind of a fringe play, but he he'd be guarded by a combination of Giannis and Middleton, and that's just a really brutal matchup for a player who's not really particularly talented. And even if we're saying we're going to roster him. Like, there aren't a lot of Magic guys I like, where there's a lot of players I could reason rostering from the Lakers-Warriors game, which to me makes it the stronger stack. Yeah, and from the Bucks side too, there's not really a lot of players to like. It's kind of just Giannis and maybe Jabari Parker. But Parker doesn't have a ton of upside for a stack anyway, because he does. he's on at least somewhat of a minutes restriction. He's not playing if the game goes to overtime. I think he has been active for a couple OT games where he just hasn't played in overtime because they're watching his minutes. 
Um, so yeah, I think I do agree with you. Lakers Warriors stronger stack spot, assuming that Clay Thompson's out. But I might lean towards the Bucks game if Clay Thompson's in. Okay, so that is going to finish up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, G Aaronberg DFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense, and we'll be back to record a podcast tomorrow.